Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in Mark 14. It's a very long chapter. It's 72 verses. It's about twice as long as some of our stand, you know, our standard chapters. And uh, so let's let's go to God in prayer and seek his help. Lord, thank you for today. You're the creator of all and you love us. You care about us. And you know us. You know, Lord, right now that my heart is troubled. My mind is, is in a flux. Um, work is a challenge. So I just pray, Lord, for you to be the one totally in charge. I pray that every time, but Lord, I need you today. I just pray that you would guide this, this prayer, this reading, that Holy Spirit, you would be the one talking to us, that there'd be nothing from me, be strictly from you, that your wisdom, your understanding would be what we hear and what we gain, nothing from, from us. May your word go out and be fruitful. May our hearts and our spirits be receptive and ready to hear. I lift up this time to you, Lord. Submit it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So 14 is pretty long, and uh, let's go ahead and just get started. Verse 1. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priest and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, Why waste this perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them any time you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare, my, prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. <clears throat> Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover. So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. You know, when I listen to Jesus and I read these words that are so specific, go here, turn here, talk to this person, say these things, I, th- I just have to remark or think about 
He doesn't give us ambiguous directions. Jesus is clear. As we've read the Bible all this time, we've seen very clear instruction. The stories are repeated multiple times sometimes so that it's very clear as to what's happening and what's supposed to happen. Christ and God do not give ambiguous responses to us. They tell us to do something and we are often, we make it ambiguous. We make it complicated. Generally, their instructions are very, very specific and very clear. Verse 17. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took up a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. But, I, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Pride and ego go before the fall, right? Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But, he, but Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is so over, is, is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he told them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he found, again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. 
Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he, as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priest, the ch- teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged the signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. It's interesting that he calls him Rabbi and not Lord. If you read a lot of these, the gospel accounts, you don't really see Judas calling him Lord. You could hear him calling him teacher, rabbi, that sort of thing. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. They took Jesus to the high priest and all the chief priests. The elders and the teachers of the law came together. Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. The chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands and in three days will build another not made with hands. Yet even then their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is the testimony that these men bring against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, coming on the clouds of heaven. The the high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? He, He asked. We have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit at him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fist, and said, Prophesy! And the guards took him and beat him. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went away into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, 
you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Pretty intense. Lots of things happening. What is immediate, what immediately comes to my mind in reading all of that is how God doesn't give up on us. Again, as we've been reading through the Bible, we've seen that God does not give up on people. He didn't give up on Abraham, Isaac. He didn't give up on Peter. Even after Peter denies him, he still built his, his church on him. Peter was still used. All the disciples were throughout their flawed existence. And that's what God does with us. He doesn't give up on us. He loves us. So A.W. Tozer focuses on verse 72, where it says, Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. There was a man once who followed the Lord, Tozer writes. I'm sorry. There was a man once who followed the Lord afar off. But he couldn't live with it. Some of you have learned to live with it. He's talking about Peter. He followed the Lord from a distance. But some of you have learned to live with it. You've gotten older and you've learned to live in the twilight and not mind it. You've learned to live in the chill and not mind it. What can I do for you? How can I help you? I know no way. Peter followed afar off, but he couldn't stand it. And the Lord turned and looked at him. Then Peter went outside and wept bitterly. I've stood away and I've followed God from afar many times and for a lot of my life. I knew I was saved. I knew God. I knew Jesus was the son of God. I knew that Jesus died for my sins, but I didn't truly follow him closely. I was from afar and I was okay with it. I thought, but in my heart, something stirred. And that's what this journey is all about about coming back and being close to God. Tozer goes on to write, Have you any tears for your unlikeness? Have you any tears for the distance between you and God that you know isn't there and yet you feel is there? You're not diminishing in any way the things God has already done in your life. You're grateful and thankful for every blessing, for justification, for the good grace of God on your life. But you can't ex- escape that sense of remoteness And many a day is a heavy one because God seems far from you. You know he isn't, but you feel he is. He can't show his face. You've allowed self-indulgence, harshness, a vengeful spirit, lukewarmness, pride, and worldliness to put a cloud over the face of God. That describes me in such a perfect way when I've been so far away from him. When I've heart, he, the only thing that needed to be added in there was hardened my heart. He goes on to write, I think that repentance is called for. We need to repent of unlikeness, of unholiness in the presence of the holy, of self-indulgence in the presence of the selfless Christ, of harshness in the presence of the kind Christ, of hardness in the presence of the forgiving Christ of lukewarmness in the presence of the zealous Christ, burning like a fiery flame, of worldliness and earthliness in the presence of the heavenly Christ. I think we ought to repent. What are you going to do about it? Has he opened your heart? 
Tozer really does have the ability to just cut to the quick. He hits right home and just nails it. At least he does for me. I've been that person and I haven't repented at times. I am in the repenting process. I think every day somewhat is a repenting time. It's a day of repentance because I sin every day and I have to ask for forgiveness. But as we strive to love God with all our hearts and our souls and our beings, so we can then also love our neighbors as ourselves. To me, that is me moving closer to God. That is me repenting and doing his will. So with that, let's go ahead and close up with prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving me and accepting my request for forgiveness. Thank you for granting it. Looking at my repentance, even when it's at times weak, and I don't even know if it can be called repentance, even when I fail over and over again, you don't give up on me. You still shower me with your grace. You still love me. And you still pick me up and carry me when it's needed. I thank you and I love you, Lord. And I just pray for this day to be yours and for you to be honored and glorified. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy on His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.